Welcome back guys to another episode of the Health Mastery Show. Today I have on with me one of my good friends, Brian Ohengisa. Brian is a nutritionist at the Fit Clinic and this was going to be a solo episode or the first solo episode of the podcast but Brian has similar thinking and philosophy to myself and I thought it would be great to have him on to have this discussion with him. So today we talk all about uh, dealing with adversity his coaching philosophies, and also uh, maybe some strategies for nutrition or productivity or training during this whole pandemic. We don't talk about how to not get the coronavirus or treating the coronavirus, so leave that for the, the medical field. But we do talk about perhaps some of the the, the rubbish that has been uh, you know put out in the fitness or health industry with regards to boosting your immune system. But I hope you find this episode enjoyable. Definitely is something a little bit different. I enjoy talking to Brian, as I always do. And if you have any feedback, please do let me know. And as always, if you can, please leave a rating and review. But let's get into the episode with Brian. Hi, Brian. It's great to have you on, man. Hey, Adam. What's up, dude? And um, for people who don't know you, uh, give a little bit of intro, intro into yourself, who you are, um, you know, what you do, and uh, and then maybe how, how we know each other. Yeah, sweet. So my name is Brian Oengesa. Don't try and spell my last name. It's, it's a tough one. But um, I am a nutrition coach and nutritionist. I studied human nutrition in UCD, and now I am the head coach in the Fit Clinic, which is a, an online nutrition coaching and consultancy service so we work with a very very wide range of people uh, one-to-one uh, online to help them with their uh, nutrition and overall lifestyle habits and yeah so you know I've been interested in nutrition since yeah so we know each other uh, from from playing basketball back when we were teenagers um, so we've been we've been friends a while at this point um, and you know, I I was skinny uh, as a teenager and playing ball at the same time. So I wanted to get bigger and stronger for, you know, to be a better athlete, basically. So as soon as I was old enough to join the gym, I did. And I definitely would have uh, reached out to you at the time to to kind of get a, a head start, I suppose. Or you were someone that uh, were was ahead of me in in that context and i remember you know you suggested i think bodybuilding.com you know it was the first time i went on bodybuilding.com based on your recommendation um and then then even even later on i think you were probably the first person to not probably you were the first person to talk about you know if it fits your macros and flexible dieting i hadn't heard that before until uh, until we talked about it so yeah, so I owe you that. Um, and now we have. I, I don't remember. Uh, don't remember directing you towards that. And I, I think both of our kind of ideas have changed over time. And um, and different than the the other guests that I've had on, I guess, is that like I could say that we're friends. Not that I'm not friendly, but some of the other guests, it's just that not the kind of friend you would send like uh, colorful memes to on WhatsApp. <laughs> yeah. So, no. yeah. So so it's probably been about. I'd say 12 13 years since we've known each other and then I, I guess we've got like closer as friends and we talk to each other not just about nutrition or whatever and probably most time it isn't when we talk about nutrition or, or trying anything like that um we have very similar mindsets and and kind of philosophies we're similar age from the pretty much the same area the same interests and um and yeah like I 
I think recently, just about two weeks ago or so, I signed up for Precision Nutrition Level 2, which is a coaching practice. And, um, you know, I, I'm doing the Masters, et cetera, in the nutrition, which is more scientific-based. But um, basically, I signed up to that purely on your uh, recommendations of that. And I think that's something that's kind of lost um, now with this kind of explosion of online nutrition or training coaching is that people that have a PT a degree or not degree a certification or whatever or any kind of uh, certification or some people don't even have any certifications just have abs that they're now nutrition coach uh, online and the the, the 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 art of coaching is kind of lost within that and i've kind of come to terms with that or a realization over the last you know couple of years that you know i'm not you're not just going to be a good coach for you know just because you know like the the nutritional sciences or, or training science or whatever exercise science doesn't mean you're a good coach and in fact a good coach could probably be a good coach in in many industries regardless of their specific knowledge obviously that's extremely important but i think uh, coaching is something that a lot of people don't actually focus on the art of coaching and how to coach people and um, separate to the, the science itself and you're someone who i felt was a good coach um or are, are a good coach and um I think that's something that I look up to you or follow you or trying to improve my coaching skills. And uh, it's kind of a, something that I'd been almost pulling the wall out of my eyes for a couple of years when I kind of began and thought that, you know, the more that I learn in terms of scientific practices, then that makes you a better coach or being able to deliver better results to people, which not nece- which isn't necessarily true. So kind of segues us into the conversation that we want to talk about today. And it's kind of dealing with, the pandemic or dealing with situations of adversity it's kind of a different tone of conversation than i've had particularly with other guests but i think that it would be great to to talk to you about that and like i said we have similar kind of thought trains of thought and and ways of thinking and i thought that bouncing ideas or even my thoughts aloud off of you would uh, be very helpful for the people that are listening so um I suppose we'll start off with the uh, 5G. We'll put on our tinfoil hats and how that causes. <laughs> I was uh, I was actually thinking of buying a tinfoil yesterday and just making a hat and like, but it, it's insane the amount of people uh, at the moment that I have on Facebook. I don't know if it's just me, but I have like, like a lot of people on on my Facebook, quote unquote friends that are like have become overnight experts on how to you know stop get how to not get the coronavirus by. <laughs> changing your nutrition how the coronavirus is caused by bill gates or whatever it's just insane some of the some of the things um but first how how are you dealing with this person on a personal basis how do you deal with kind of situations of adversity or times of adversity because i think this is probably for a lot of people it's probably well it is a lot different we never experienced anything like this but at the end of the day there's always going to be times like this and not specifically uh pandemics but times of extreme adversity that cause a lot of pain or, or suffering or or malaise um in your life so how do you deal with that person and how do you kind of coach your clients to deal with situations like this yeah so i think i think one of the main points to think about is or i think what what causes people a lot of frustration um during something like this is really thinking that it should be any different than it is right so because as long as you do that you're you're not dealing with the reality of the situation 
So it, it kind of comes back to that a more fatty acceptance of faith in a, in a way, because as soon as you can say, okay, well, things shouldn't be any different than they are because they are the way they are right now, then you can actually start to assess the situation and see, you know, what issues are arising, what, what problems are you having, what troubles are there, and you can actually start dealing with that and actually make, you know, making improvements the, the way things are right now. And, and that's something that I'm seeing, well, that's something that I always see as a coach, um, but particularly now it's, you know, people are incredibly frustrated that, you know, they, they can't, they, they've lost that autonomy of being able to go, come and go as they please, go wherever they want and see people, etc. But the, the longer that you spend agonizing over the fact that things should be any different than they are, um, I think that's a lot of wasted energy that could go towards, you know, just trying to actually figure out a plan right now um, to, to help you deal with the situation. And another one is I think that keeping some sort of perspective um that's you know that's why you know the, we listen or read a lot of books on you know concentration camp experiences and, and experiences in the gulags um, to try and maintain some sort of perspective that you know things could be a lot worse and also thinking about what what really is the worst case scenario here um because this is again something that not just now during a pandemic but something i see a lot when coaching people is that it's almost assumed that that things are terrible without thinking through why that is. So a lot, often what I'll ask people to do is identify specifically, you know, what are the issues here? And then when you can actually get to that point and you're looking at these issues or problems, then you can actually troubleshoot and, and try and look at a way at working around them um, and making the best out of the situation um, or at least not making it worse. Yeah, and I think uh, that's really important. Um, you know that you're able to figure out what the what the worst case scenario is, and we kind of talked a little bit about before we start recording. Um, how you know some people see the situation, especially younger people, I guess that you know it's not a big deal. Um, if I get sick, that it's not going to cause me you know any issues. It might be like a flu or something like that, and they don't really see this whole situation as worrying at all. And everything is is business as usual, um, metaphorically speaking. So it's it, it doesn't affect them emotionally. Uh, others, I think, uh, it it can even if you don't feel like personally you can, it, it will affect you in terms of physical health or you know illness. Um, I think some people just react differently, and it's not that people should feel guilty about it and i think especially with guys etc they, they often feel uh guilty or embarrassed that they might be affected emotionally about something and we haven't actually talked about this but um because we haven't really spoke uh, in terms of vocally over the last while since before this or, or since in the last few weeks but i i actually think i had the coronavirus i mean um i wasn't that sick i couldn't get tested or at least tests got cancelled but my, my whole family actually had the coronavirus i don't live with them but uh i don't live that far away but i think they were one of the first first like 20 30 people in the country to get it and uh most of them are fine but my dad was like very very sick he was in hospital for almost two weeks and uh he like at some points we thought that he was like not going to get through it like he doesn't have any underlying health conditions or anything like that but 
he was like really really bad to the point where like they had no idea what they were gonna do uh they were given like giving him all these different types of drugs just throwing throwing everything at it and uh it still wasn't like improving so i like you said i had to kind of think about and it seems like on paper that it's it's being you're being negative or being pessimistic about thinking about what's the worst that could happen but there's actually kind of a liberation in, in thinking about that um you know what like what would happen if actually the worst came to it like um it's it's exposing yourself to that uh to that feeling like what is the worst that could happen because then it, it more objectifies it brings it back to you know um being able to deal with the situation instead of just blowing it up potentially and, and feeling like you have no sense of control uh, whatsoever yeah no yeah i didn't didn't know any of that Jeez. um but he, he, your dad's all right now because he's, he's a pretty fit guy as well isn't he? he's, he's in good yeah and good that shape. was the uh that was the i think he was training for like a half marathon or something like that before but it just i think it was like community transmission or whatever and uh they went to london and they probably hadn't had as there probably wasn't as many cases uh, in the country uh, like no uh, basically recorded so there, there was probably way more than they actually expected i think in, even in london there was only maybe less than 100 and like you think of okay. the i think it's eight million people in london so like that's just you know crazy coincidence extremely unlucky but uh but yeah so during that whole time i was like thinking like you know it, uh, what, what's the worst that could happen and and if that did happen you know what would that mean and yeah that it did in a sense it did make me feel worse in a way because you could just kind of push it aside and then not think about it but then also that can backlash and make you feel a lot worse because you're just blowing something up and not trying to deal with the situation and like for me this whole uh, obviously that's kind of a, a unique scenario but it's not to say that that won't happen to many other people we don't really yeah. know how this kind of play out but like maybe not their parents but maybe their, their grandparents or their, their you know aunties or uncles or, or whoever uh, or you know siblings or someone who has like conditions but i think yeah for me even like like we, we talked about that you know depending on who your circle of influence is like you're following people on and like if they're following you or i they're probably following other people in like the health or fitness industry and there can be this perspective that everything is well and good and that you know now you have loads of more time to train and do all the cook and uh, how positive this can be and not to say that there isn't positives in every uh negative situation that there can always be things even in the worst you can always you know take something some learning from it but i think even me i've personally kind of struggled a little bit with with the lack of routine um you know uh, obviously uh my given my situation i was under a bit more stress i wasn't eating as well i tend to lose appetite a little bit like it's just hard for me to get in enough calories my i i I get this kind of sickly feeling almost in the stomach and uh, it's just hard for me and uh and i i like you know people would look up to you or i i guess and think that you know where there's you know where the you know the epitome of of good health or, or good habits and it's not necessarily always true and i think it's 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 important that people realize that you know everybody reacts to certain situations in different ways and um you know i have friends who think this will just this is all you know bullshit and it'll blow over and it doesn't affect them whatsoever and uh and now obviously dealing a lot better with it but it's important to to realize that you know it's okay to 
you know not be okay uh, i know that's kind of a <laughs> slogan that's going to be passed around but it's it's okay not to to feel sometimes struggle with with things um i have other kind of examples of that as well um but but i'd like to hear what your kind of thoughts are on that oh yeah 100 percent. like i i don't think it's it's realistic to to go through this whole thing without feeling you know some sense of worry at times again it depends depends on your situation it depends on you know if, if you have a lot of people who are close to you that are potentially vulnerable i think naturally you're going to worry about that more than than like some of the people you mentioned that are kind of thinking it's sort of a it's sort of a narrow view to think oh well this doesn't affect this isn't going to affect me personally that badly as an individual so i'm not going to really consider it like there's a level of interdependence to to think about and yeah you know, it's it's why we have to do this this lockdown and the social distancing and all it's to you know everyone to take a collective responsibility but that only arises out of people taking individual responsibility and yeah i mean it, it could it could be really bad for a lot of people and it likely will be and yeah i think thinking about what maybe the the worst case scenarios are is is a good idea it, you know it it sounds it sounds like you're just you're just worrying about it, but you know it's a as we both know it's a, a stoic philosophy exercise, uh, the premeditatio malorum or meditation on evil, as it's translated. Um, and it, it ta- the idea is that like it takes the sting out of it a little bit, um, if it does come to pass. Now, like you said, it it feels shitty in the moment because you're you're actually having to feel some of those feelings and obviously that's going to be uncomfortable but as you also said it's it's a case of if it does come to pass it'll you know you've you've somewhat prepared for it and you maybe have somewhat of a plan or know how you might respond instead of just a a reaction and blowing up and maybe being a lot worse off for it and I mean, you know, I don't, I never think it's a, a good idea to invalidate how you're feeling at, at a given time. Like it's, it's not a good idea to say, you know, I shouldn't be feeling this way because again, that comes back to the reality. It's like, well, you are feeling that way. So, um, you know, you've got to do what you can to look after yourself and do, do what you can to protect the people around you and protect the community. Like I said, that's the, you know, by taking responsibility as an individual, if we all do that, then that's a, a collective responsibility. Um, and in terms of like, you know, it, one of the, probably the, the main thing I'm seeing my clients struggle with is is that lack of routine and lack of structure, like you alluded to, that, that you're struggling with yourself. And, you know, for most people, it's pretty much a case of for however many years or whatever now, if you're, you know, if you're in the workforce or going to school or in college whatever it is um you have a schedule given to you essentially that you just have to follow and potentially now that's just kind of pulled out from under you and it's sort of it's a a simple enough solution but maybe not easy and that you have to then make a make a structure for yourself basically and make a routine for yourself and i suppose because i've been working from home for you know full time for about 15 months uh, at this stage it's you know i'm used to it but at the same time it's something that it's something i've noticed now and during this that more people are having to do this um or they have to be at home if they're working or not that 
I've started to notice the things that I actually do without thinking about it too much um, to help me keep, you know, keep going and, and kind of have good days. And a lot of that comes down to planning the day to some extent, because, you know, if you just get up and, and try and freestyle it, it's, it tends not to run very well. And also I'll say the day never runs exactly as planned. Um, so when you, when you do, like we can talk about structuring days if you want, um, because that is kind of the main thing that I've had to help people with at the moment. Um, but yeah, you want to have some leeway within that structure as well, because if you try and schedule everything for like the exact minute uh, or exact like 15 minute block, um, you know, you're quickly going to fall behind and then you're just going to feel more stressed about it and be worse off in general. Yeah, and, and do you find that uh, like perhaps that lack of routine that people have in their life leads to um you know more stress or emotional turmoil and then does that lead have you seen that leading to perhaps overeating or boredom eating or or stress eating is that something that you've noticed with people um because of that routine has it has it kind of messed up their their nutritional habits a little bit yeah i mean the the boredom eating definitely and and then emotional eating um as a result of stress now i think I think my my clients that are already struggling with emotional eating, um, it's just it's just continuing basically at home for them. Um, there hasn't been too many people that are, I say, eating more out of stress. They don't usually do it, but there's definitely a lot more people that are eating out of boredom uh, because of that lack of structure. Because you know, for a lot of people, they're now constantly within like you know thirty seconds of their kitchen potentially. Um, a lot of people who are working from home, they might be working in their kitchen if that's the only place there's a, a kitchen table. Uh, you know, and like as simple as saying, you know, <laughs> try and face your back to the like the presses and the fridge and stuff so you're not, it's not constantly in your line of sight. And, you know, that's a big one for trying to mitigate engagement in, in habits they don't want to engage in, you know, keep it out of sight and it's out of mind. And, but then there's, there's also the flip side of that where people, now that they don't have, you know, uh, I need to be in work for nine, therefore I have to eat my breakfast at eight and then I get my lunch break at one, so I have to eat a meal then. Um, the, little, the little bit more freedom is allowing people to actually find a, a meal structure that, that suits them better. So I know a lot of my clients tell me they're eating a little bit later because they actually don't feel like eating as soon as they get up. Um, and they, just have, they have a bit more freedom and flexibility to their day now. So that's, you know, a lot of the, the positives come from that that you can now be more flexible um in in terms of how you set up your day it's just it's taken that step to actually try and put some structure to it and you know it have different strategies in mind if you feel yourself getting bored um you know because i don't, I don't think people can just sit there for eight hours and work constantly and not get bored and yeah it's, it's more of a reaction to the the feeling of I want to feel a little bit different right now than I do because uh, the work is, you know, in, into the third hour of this uh, block of work, it's getting a bit monotonous. Uh, I want to feel a little bit different, change my current state. And just for a lot of people that they just, it's easy to turn to food for that or it's natural, whereas, you know, you can do a lot more things um, instead of that that will kind of change up the current situation, break the monotony, monotony a little bit. Um, but that don't have to involve eating. And yeah, in one sense, people are potentially not, well, obviously not eating out as much. And then 
they're definitely not going out drinking as much. You know, you, it could be people drinking more at home now, which actually I have seen a lot of. Um, like just drinking more across the week because they're at home all the time. Um, but, you know, you potentially have more control over the the food environment now, um, provided like you don't just resign yourself to ordering takeaways and, and drinking a bottle of wine every night. Um, so that is one way that like some people will be able to actually do better with the nutrition if they're the type that usually goes out and sinks a lot of pints at the weekend and eats out a lot, for example. Yeah, and I think one of the, the main things I've noticed is, is you know, with people who are extremely busy and, and they train in the gym, let's say, before in the morning before they work and then they, they get home from work maybe six, seven, like by the time they get home and, and get set up, they have, like you said, a lot more opportunities to eat now and, uh, and the structure in place of specific times, uh, not for the sake of nutrient timing, but just specific slots of when they would typically eat has now been just blown up like you know wide open and that can be beneficial for some people who maybe didn't have time to prepare meals or, or, or whatever before but for those who now basically just get up and get out of bed and, and go into their living room and then pretty much don't move from there it's kind of a little bit more difficult so what i've noticed is is helping people uh, or at least getting them to create some form of like default diet or you know bones of a meal plan where okay uh, at, at nine or whatever i'm gonna eat this kind of food like maybe i'll eat some eggs and change it very very up or um and then lunch i'll have one meat thing uh, like one one meat source a uh, protein source uh, one carb source and, and one whatever and then uh, one vegetables and then like in the evening i might do the same and then at night time i will always have a, a greek yogurt and berries or you know high fiber cereal or whatever and keeping at least some form of structure where it's not just all right it's one o'clock what do i eat now you know mm-hmm. or it's uh, five o'clock what do i eat now and that ends up just being like oh it's, a, it's an afterthought you think that's when people start thinking about oh uh, i'll just get a takeaway or oh, i've only eaten a sandwich all day uh, i need to eat 150 more grams of protein and it's eight o'clock at night um mm. so having some form trying to at least structure it that way um is is a little bit better i feel for people who are able to uh, or to be able to kind of stay on track a little bit more given that most people won't be used to flexibility of the, the amount of flexibility that they've had you know yeah, most people like 99% of people don't work uh, from home and create their own schedule most people work for uh, employees or sorry work for employers or even if they are employees or employers themselves they will have at least some structure they'll go to the office or they'll have you know they'll be already kind of in tune with creating some form of structure yeah and it's it's kind of a case where the things that are good nutritional practices and habits and structures you know, in normal life, they still apply now. So you should still use them. Uh, like you were saying there, like, you know, without, we, we would never really suggest to our clients that they just freestyle the whole day of their nutrition. Like they always have certain targets to hit, you know, certain, like, certain amount of protein in each meal, getting a plant in there, trying to eat some high fiber foods or whatever it is. Um, like all of those are still applicable now and they're still relevant. Um, and a funny one is that a lot of people have said to me they're getting kind of sick of uh, of cooking so much because, you know, usually when they don't have as much free time, they would meal prep 
you know, like normal, like, like that's a fairly smart thing to do if you're trying to have better nutritional habits. And after like a week or two of, of this, it's like, oh, I'm getting kind of sick of like feeling like I'm in the kitchen all the time. I'm like, yeah, well, of course, because like, you know, like I said, I work from home all the time, but I still meal prep because I don't want to be spending loads of time in the kitchen every day. Like it's the same sort of things that apply. Um, just you kind of you would have had the option to maybe cook more. So I'm still encouraging people to to meal prep so that they can still use that time to do other things that they want to do um uh, another one is like encouraging people to quote unquote walk to work so you know a lot of people maybe don't have a, a commute anymore so they have a bit more time from that so even if they just put one one half of their commute into maybe going for a walk first thing in the morning or or during the day at some point um just you know getting some air getting some light exposure uh, in the morning is a good idea anyway for circadian rhythms and, and sleeping better but um you know just to get a bit of movement um so like you said you're not just going from bedroom to living room and then you know that's the extent of the variation in your day for for a long long time yeah and with regards to nutrition um i've seen this quite a bit and a lot of people posting about oh here's the coronavirus and uh here's how to boost your immune system or change your nutrition to make sure your immune function is, you know, heightens, you know, uh, with the kind of the insinuation that if you eat more carrots, you're not going to get the coronavirus. But what what's your kind of thoughts around things like that? Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine about this the other day, actually, and we both agreed that it, the the role of nutrition has kind of been ruined and underplayed in a reaction to all the nonsense that's been thrown around by by people who don't know what they're talking about. So because there's so much garbage, like, you know, you know, t- eat this teaspoon of grated ginger and you won't get the, the coronavirus, because there's so much of that, like, as a as an evidence-based nutrition community, we kind of have to push back on that. And I think we're then overshooting it to the point where it's like, ah, well, you know, it's the coronavirus, so what you eat doesn't doesn't make a difference. Like, of course, it makes a difference. And I think there, like, there are certain nutrients, and like, you know, it's funny. I often I'll get asked, you know, what's the best diet for X Y Z situation, or you know, what what food should I eat for this, and inevitably what tends to happen is that it's the same damn diet for every single situation pretty much it's like there's there's sort of a a loosely defined quote-unquote healthy diet that pretty much caters for everything it's like and and you know throw lifestyle into that as well like sleeping well and managing stress and being active um and it's sort of the same thing with the with the coronavirus so like you know generally eating a, a high quality diet now there's like like I'll, I'll keep saying there's a lot of a lot of nonsense being being thrown around um yeah you know. i don't think like how would diet stop 5g from get giving you the coronavirus anyway um <laughs> I, like, i'm joking if people it, think um it's i actually made some joke posts about that like on facebook like kind of these slide digs on like just conspiracy theorists and there's people commenting on it not getting that it's a joke I'm like uh, yeah i'm so afraid it's like <laughs> all right it's kind of awkward they don't get the satire. Yeah, no, I see what you do is if you eat 
an entire raw egg whole, um, the shell and all, your skin becomes like a shell, which, oh, prote- right. which protects you from 5G uh, radiation. Not many people know that. Um, nutri- <laughs> just, nutritionists oh, just, hate yeah, <laughs> you saw it on a YouTube video, so it must be true. Oh yeah, yeah, not just not just any YouTube video, like a good one. Um, oh. But no, there are there are certain nutrients that that play a role, like vitamin D, and you know we would have been talking about that before, but now there is actually published research that came out of uh, it was Trinity College, wasn't it, and and DIT, a, a doctor and a nutritionist there. Uh, published a paper on vitamin D and it's like, yeah, vitamin D is, is fairly well known to reduce the risk of infections, especially respiratory tract infections when your levels are adequate and, you know, it's one of the most common deficiencies. So, I mean, to, to say that vitamin D, having adequate vitamin D levels isn't a good thing uh, in relation to coronavirus or it doesn't matter is, um, is a bit, I don't know, you know, it's a bit reductionist and it's not true because, you know, if you do have adequate vitamin D levels, yes, we don't know much about the novel coronavirus and how exactly these things will interplay, but that just, it kind of comes back to just being healthy overall. So like having adequate vitamin D levels is a good marker of health, like no matter what you're looking at. And it has some promise in, um, in different infections like yeah obviously we don't know about coronavirus because it's a brand new thing but if you look at it in other contexts you know it's and it's not like it's ever going to be harmful to say to people you know make sure you have adequate vitamin d levels um which is which is how i how i gauge things a lot sometimes is like what's the what's the risk of trying this out if it if there's a potential upside and there's very little or no risk to it um you know why not um and like, you know, vitamin A, potentially having adequate intake of vitamin A um, or maybe supplementing with it, uh, you know, that's that's shown in different viruses to be somewhat protective. Um, again, we can't say that it applies to something like coronavirus, but, you know, if you can support your immune system in a full sense, that's obviously going to give you a better chance, potentially. Yeah. I, I think the way to think about it is that you should be doing this anyway. So it's like, mm. if, if you're deficient, it will it could potentially have uh, quite a positive effects, um, not by stopping you from getting it, of course, but it, it's all about, you know, if you're already deficient, you should be trying to do this anyway to stop you from getting other infections or other yeah. um, illnesses. But it's not like, okay, well, I'm taking, or, you know, uh, I'm taking vitamin D or I'm getting enough sunlight um, already or um, now by taking, you know, 10,000 IUs of vitamin D per day, I'm going to be, you know, super boosting my immune system and yeah. that can actually have, you know, negative side effects like, um, you know, higher classification, etc. So th- there actually can be potential negative effects by overdoing it in some uh, vitamins or minerals. And I think if this scenario or this kind of situation leads you to eat an overall better quality diet, that's great. Um, just so, but just think about it, that you're doing this not because you think it's going to stop you from getting, uh, you know, the, the coronavirus or stop you getting sick, but yeah. more so that, um, you know, this is an opportunity perhaps to be able to do that. And that's great. If that's, if this kind of kickstarts that, that's great, but to yeah. just make sure that you continue that. And I've, I've kind of thought about how much of a role, and because nutrition is so, you know, so nuanced and there's so many moving parts, it's hard to kind of say, I'm thinking about how, how would this, 
how would like an inadequate diet or uh, versus an adequate diet play out in this specific scenario if you, if you got it right so i'm thinking like perhaps like if you're on the edge of like let's say getting really sick or not getting uh really sick like mm. you know uh being hospitalized not hospitalized like in this in this one specific scenario the exact same person in in this uh, two different kind of situations one with adequate one with inadequate diet um yeah maybe maybe a healthy diet would prevent one from uh you know getting pushed over the edge but it doesn't mean that you know oh, all young people are um you know because they're not getting sick because their diet's better or anything like that so i think it's 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 important but you know it's going over and beyond over and beyond what's recommended on a daily basis isn't necessarily going to make any difference whatsoever yeah that, yeah that's an important point that once you take care of any potential deficiencies improve the overall quality of your diet yeah it's, it's not going to become more beneficial to yeah super dose or mega dose vitamin D, for example, or, or vitamin A or vitamin C or whatever it is. Um, but making sure that all those levels are adequate. And like, you know, for a lot of people, they're probably not going to be because there's, you know, the average diet, you know, the people listening to this probably eat better than the majority of people. Um, but, you know, those are considerations to make. And yeah, you have to think about like why you're, why you're making those nutritional interventions. Like it's, it's not that, because you see some ridiculous stuff like, oh, people saying, you know, I can't get the coronavirus because I don't eat carbohydrates. I can, there's, there's never a glucose molecule in my body, so I'm safe. It's like, like no, that's ridiculous. But yeah. you definitely can support your health. Cause I, like, and I think that's fairly should be fairly intuitive that like the better you eat, the either it reduces the likelihood of you getting sick, or what you were saying there, it may not be as bad. And you know, that's that's a worthwhile thing to strive for. Yeah, that that makes a, a lot of sense. Uh, with regards to the training, I know that you're a nutritionist specifically, but w- what are you doing for your own training, and how do you kind of think about it? Because uh, this could be going on for a long, long period of time. I kind of bought, well, I didn't kind of, I did buy a squat rack and weights. Um, I I wasn't naive uh, in thinking when the gym said they were going to be closed for two weeks that it was going to reopen. You know, and I. I knew it wasn't so i luckily bought stuff in advance so um i'm kind of okay with that um you know a lot of my clients have just basically sent them out a, a band and um and you know modified training that way but what way are you kind of doing your training and, and how do you think this might like affect it long term or what your what are your plans um yeah so it's it's definitely a difficult situation if um i think like you could, you could think about the concept of fragility and anti-fragility uh, amongst this um you you've read uh, taleb's book haven't you yep yeah so you know if 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 by not being able to access the gym everything falls apart like that's a, a fragile situation whereas if you can do better as a result of this then that's the way i'm trying to look at it for myself now i'm you know maybe in a, di- a slightly different position to uh, a lot of people listen to this or a lot of people you coach because they're very, very much physique orientated um, as I have been and as I am still to an extent. But, um, you know, I'm at the moment I'm thinking about, okay, when I, when this is all over, which could be a long time, um, I want to be a much better uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu athlete. Um, so at the moment I'm working a lot more on conditioning and overall cardiovascular fitness and just looking to maintain levels of muscle mass and strength because like 
yeah, realistically, uh, you know, if you put me um, against most of my opponents, most of them are not going to be more muscular or stronger than me, but they might be better conditioned. So really, I don't need to be spending an ordinate amount of time trying to build more muscle and strength uh, with that in mind. Now, I do because I enjoy that, and that's still how I train most of the time. It's how I've always trained. Um, but at the moment, yeah, I'm doing um, less pure strength and hypertrophy work, but more muscular endurance, more explosive strength, more uh, conditioning work, and uh, more running as well. And that's also, I'm, I'm taking a lot of it from uh, Ross Animate, you know, Ross Training. No, I don't, I've never heard of him. Oh, okay. He's, uh, he's been around in the, the S&C circles for, for as long as I've been reading about training. But uh, it turns out he's actually Katie Taylor's boxing coach, I think, as well. Um, but he he has an ebook uh, called Never Gymless, and he, it's on sale for one dollar at the moment. Um, obviously, because of the current situation, so it's it's a book just all about well, mostly body weight training and exercise. And because he has a martial arts background or a boxing background, he you know it's set up to to work all those sort of modalities as opposed to just pure strength per hypertrophy. Um, but, you know, I think it's, yeah, it's, so that, that would be an example of being anti-fragile is where, okay, as a result of this, that you actually come out of this fitter. Or, and I'm, I'm working a lot more on uh, mobility as well. Um, so, actually, my body feels pretty good, uh, actually, at the moment because I'm doing more, more mobility work. I'm not beating myself up with, uh, with heavy weights at the moment and have mixed up my training a little bit more. Um, so, that's, that's how I'm doing it personally. And then it's just a, it's a case of, of doing what you can. And again, it comes back to facing the reality of it. It's, you know, it, it does you no good thinking, oh, well, the gym should be open and I should be in there squatting 250 kilos. Like, but, you know, that's, that's not the case. Um, so think about what the reality is, what, what you actually need to do. Like, what are the problems? Like, that's what we we're talking about at the start. Like, what are the issues? Okay, so the issues are maybe... Uh, maybe for most of your listeners and most of your clients, it's it's losing muscle tissue or not being able to gain muscle tissue. So then it's like, okay, well, what factors are required to make that happen? Like it's like going to a gym is not a requirement. Like we know that. Both of us know that going to a gym is not a requirement for for building muscle mass. It's you know some sort of resistance applied to the muscles um, sufficiently, and you know you'll know more about this than I do. Um, to, to create that hypertrophy response. So you look at that, that's the, that's what you need to, um, that's what, that's the requirement. So how, how can you do that? And can you do that at home in some way? And how do you train, change up your training? Like, do you still have to train to failure points? And that just means you have to do more reps, um, potentially to get the same sort of response or whatever it is. And just to, yeah, make make the most of of it, and there's, there's plenty of resources. Like you know that that book I mentioned, Never Gymnast, is pretty good. Um, it's not in, entirely equipment free. Like he does he does love pull ups, so there's a, a door frame pull up bar or something to do pull ups on, uh, is recommended. But um, yeah, like wh- like what are you what are you talking to people about? It's like it, in that. Yeah, I think well, obviously you know everybody can't buy a squat rack. <laughs> yeah. Um. I but even even then after like I'd never really used home training before just because the gym has always been at my disposal and i like going to the gym as well um so 
but but I've I've actually realised that you can actually do quite a bit like with minimal equipment. I think you know the more you can get to a point, there's like diminishing returns. But the, the more you can get from you know if you have nothing, getting like a bands or something like that, they can definitely help. Um, and, and make you, you can make it pretty good. And like you said, like you have to realise what the situation is. If it was two weeks, yeah, but then mm. you can kind of you know kind of perhaps even not train for two weeks and then get back at it but like if this is long term you got to adapt to what we can do and um you know for some people that i've worked with even i think it's actually opened my eyes that perhaps we can actually do some home workouts because they can't make the gym that frequently or they can only make it once or twice a week that now adding in you know how effective these can actually be um and i've changed my kind of train of thought on it initially i thought it was more about preserving muscle or you know maybe even losing a little bit of muscle but now by, by perhaps doing different movements or training muscles through different planes etc that you haven't done before especially if you're a kind of newer trainer or maybe a little bit more uh, intermediate rather than say really advanced you can actually probably make some good progress if you're just consistent and, and try make progress and obviously consistent with nutrition etc um you know during this period however long it's going to be yeah exactly um, and you know it's 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 not like that that body weight or minimal equipment training doesn't work. Like if you look at the the upper bodies of gymnasts, they're they're fairly enviable um, for anyone who's physique orientated. Um, and then you just have to figure out how to overload the the lower body, right? Yeah, that's obviously a little bit harder, but there there's ways you can kind of manage around it. Um, but Brian, do you have any last kind of final thoughts on this whole scenario? Um, you know. Uh, in regards to nutrition or productivity or anything like that i think we've covered most of it like it is just i think the main thing is it's on each individual to create their own structure and there's you know once once you accept that then it's actually pretty good because then you have more flexibility um to set up your day how you want to which you know if you ask people on the face of it most people are probably like oh yeah i'd love to be able to just decide how my day would run well you're you're in somewhat of a better position to do that now potentially um so you can take advantage of that and it's the same nutritional and lifestyle principles still apply um you know the in terms of how you set up your meals and how you, how you set up your nutrition um so it's just about transferring that to to the home situation and again specifically defining what the issues might be and then actually getting to work on looking for solutions to them rather than just assuming uh it's going to be really really difficult or it's going to be really really hard to maintain good habits because yes it may might be in a lot of cases more difficult um but you need to actually look at it closely and say okay what can i actually do here to to try and keep things on point yeah all right brian thanks for that so where can we find out more info about you and uh your coaching uh yeah so the uh instagram uh is probably the best place so brian ohangasa is my personal instagram that's uh i'm sure you'll have my name listed somewhere oh, don't yeah there's no point even trying to spell that i'll yeah. link it <laughs> um and then the fit clinic also on instagram um we put out a lot of free content there as well as on the the website thefitclinic.ie and that's where you can find out more about the the coaching services that we offer um we've got a great team of coaches so um yeah i think we we well we do help a lot of people out 
so yeah those are the best places like my my own instagram is a bit more personal more uh, you know more talking about mindset and maybe philosophy at times as well as nutrition and lifestyle and then the uh, the fit clinic is all nutrition and lifestyle and everything health related all right cheers man okay thanks, Adam. talk to you soon all right so i hope you enjoyed that podcast with brian brian is a close friend of mine we have been for uh, over 10 years now and like we mentioned with regards to nutrition it's nothing really that you need to change or or do uh, other than just what we recommend for just overall good general health and following any specific advice online to boost your immune system beyond just eating better in general is basically just yeah bullshit to be honest and you know with regards to situations like this it's try, it's try to make the best out of a bad situation try and accept the situation that you're in um you know it is what it is um and, and just take it for what it is and, and try to at least extract something positive out of this negative situation but if you do find that you struggle uh, with this situation uh, emotionally or mentally like you're finding certain situations tough and any situations um that you may feel you shouldn't objectively be feeling that way it doesn't it's not something that you should be hard on yourself about because everybody reacts to different situations differently so hopefully some of the advice that we have talked about here um, is applicable and you can use that um, try your best to like i said set up a routine it actually has been kind of difficult for me as well with the, the lack of routine it took me a while to kind of figure it out i ended up spending uh, way too much time working and not being as productive during that working period and my diet kind of went at the window a little bit or at least i wasn't eating as well as i had been just hadn't as much access to uh, bigger supermarkets not as much variety or choice but given that this is going to be panned out longer i have kind of uh, changed the way or, or or structured my diet in a way that i'm able to now get back into some form of routine and eating uh, well again so that i just don't turn into uh, a fat blob uh, but if you do want to follow brian and get more information about him or you have any questions i'm sure he'll uh, answer those if you reach out to him on social media you can find uh, my email address and my social media handles in the show notes as always but uh, hopefully you enjoy this podcast and um, it was a little bit different but if you do have any feedback or anything like that please do reach out and i will chat to you in the next episode